This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. Let's get in the Word. I want to teach a little bit, preach a little bit from the topic um, intercession for an intervention. Intercession for an intervention. Uh, there's a TV show called Intervention, um, where it was, I think most of the shows have already played, and, um, but uh, there's this TV show called Intervention. It comes on one of my favorite uh, stations, A&E. You know, I like A&E. And the show profiles people who have uncontrollable addiction to drugs, alcohol, compulsive behavior that has brought them to the brink of destruction. And it has devastated their family and their friends. They've been having challenges keeping jobs and, and just building the life that they know they are able uh, to do and have. Um, from this show, uh, also this intervention show, there's also another show similar to it called Hoarders. Mm, hoarders. Same channel, you ain't got to turn the channel, same channel. A&E, A&E, is a documentary uh, television series about real life struggles and treatment of people who suffer from compulsive hoarding disorder, is what they call it. Uh, they started with just this series of hoarding, hoarders show, then it went to hoarders, family secrets. Because they begin to show that sometimes people's condition is based on something else connected to them. It's not just that they're hoarding. Something has occurred in their life. And because of this incident or occurrence, they have picked up on this habit or this uh, way of living called hoarding. They talked about hoarding family secrets. Then they had an update on those same people. It was called hoarders. Where are they now? Then they had hoarders then and now. Then they had hoarders overload. Yeah. Uh, this hoarding or this um, disorder or this way of living, it's been classified as a disorder. Um, this compulsive, obsessive behavior, um, this attitude. It also many times have led people to be diagnosed with major depressive disorders. Um, it also has um, also affected people with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, what I'm telling you is time time people are stuck. Stuck in something somewhere in life something happened and they got stuck um, paralyzed by their condition and because they stayed there too long without having the strength ability to maneuver out of it it became a disorder And now they are in need of something called intervention. Meaning if this activity called intervention do not occur, 
what we potentially knew they could be they would never become all the gifts that we saw at one time and all the joy that they had in previous seasons we won't see this joy again how we once knew them how they once behaved we can remember when they were child they were bubbly we can remember when they were doing well they were a great cook and had great skills they once owned a business but something has occurred in their life that they're now stuck and need an intervention they need an intervention and we need people who understand intercession how to get in the middle of what people go through intercession how to pray how to believe the best how to hope how to support so they can have an intervention i want to show you this intervention in mark the second chapter verses one through five i want to show you this intervention mark the second chapter verses one through five and it reads, and again he entered into Capernaum, Jesus did, after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. It was noised, meaning people were talking Jesus back. God said he entered into Capernaum after some days, it said, and again, he had been there before and worked some miracles, had left and came back. And when he came back, the people were waiting on this miracle work in Jesus to come back to their city. And now that he's back, everybody is in this house where he has gathered. And straightway many were gathered together in so much there was no room to receive them. Somebody say a packed house packed house because because of the reputation of Jesus the reputation of Jesus how he handles situations who he healed before Lord help me who he touched before they were a byproduct and they were a witness and they have become a testimony of his ministry and while he was gone once bound people were walking free once he was gone to another city people were once stuck but now walking free and now he's returned and those freed people delivered people have talked to other people and the room is crowded to the point they can't get no one else in the room not so much as about the door a packed house but look what Jesus does with a packed house. And he preached the word to them. He preached the word unto them. I think if we're going to understand intervention and intercession as people of God, especially in ministry, in church, even if the church is packed, we can't get so excited that people have now come to church that we don't deliver the very thing that they need. We can't be so excited that people have come and we think it's all about celebrity status, a new like on our page, a new follower on social media, something that we can't get so caught up in our own reputation that we forget why the people are here and what they have a need of when they get in the crowded room Jesus is not distracted by a crowd Jesus is not distracted by people calling his name he gets down to kingdom business and he begins to preach the word unto them what am I saying with simplicity people need the word tell your neighbor people need the word oh you say she crazy no people need the word you say he don't know what's going on no people 
need the word. People need the word. The Bible tells us when God made man, he formed him from the dust of the ground. He breathed into him and man became a living soul. But that wasn't all. The last thing he did for mankind, Adam and Eve in the beginning, before he exits, he blesses them. It said God spoke a word over them. He said, I can't let you do nothing else. I done gave you life. I done breathed life into your body. But you cannot live without the word. And what he does for Adam and Eve is he gives them the word. You heard it. He said, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God blessed them. He spoke the word over them. Say people need the word. God did not create man to live without the word. Your life, well, I feel, I feel, Lord Hammer, your life without the word will fall apart because you've been created by God and God created you with an innate need to need the word. No, 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 no. You know, you need the word to fully function to your best, Lord, help me. Your maximum capacity as a created being by God, you need the word. You need the word. God did not create man to live without the word. What we are finding is people are living without the word. Their lives are the byproducts of living without the word. Jesus preaches the word to them. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. So now four men, born of four mean carried, four men is carrying one man who is sick of the palsy. Palsy is just a condition of being stuck or paralyzed, immobile. But you got to pay attention is that he is sick of the palsy. But he is carried by four people. In other words, they know he cannot get his breakthrough unless they intervene. He can't move, he's stuck. What do we expect from a sinner? Have our expectations of sinners got too high? What are we expecting from sinners? The only thing I expect from living in sin is to be like a person who lives in sin. The only thing you should expect from sinners is sin. Because that's what sinners do. Sometimes we act like we need to get something else from sinners. No, sinners, in order to change, need intervention. Intervention. So there's no sense of the saints sitting there talking about how messed up people are. How sick people are. How wretched people are. Ain't no sense of talking about it because many times their change is dependent on somebody intervening. This man is sick of palsy. He is paralyzed. He's immobile. He cannot move. He cannot get to 
Jesus. He cannot get to where Jesus is. But those who have the strength and those who have the power pick this man up. All four of them, they represent prayer. They represent intercession. They represent concern. They represent a prayer band. They represent people who says, my friend needs a breakthrough and today is your day. It ain't nothing like having some friends or somebody who know your condition and rather than picking on you telling you how terrible you are they say no sister we gonna pick you up and we gonna carry you where help is. I know you've been in this condition a long time but we gonna help you get to where you gotta go. Oh, come on somebody. It ain't you ain't you ain't doing no big thing to diagnose people all day. We're not careful as a church. We'll major in diagnosis and flunk care. And when we flunk care, we are actually malpractice in the gospel of the kingdom. When we flunk care, we'll actually malpractice, meaning they ought to take our license because we're not functioning how God has called us to function. We can't just diagnose where people are, but we are gifted and graced to help them. You know, we get big and bad. Because we can diagnose. Shabo. Hmm. Picking up something in the spirit is just the first thing. After you pick up something in the spirit, what are you going to do with it? Discernment is a gift from God. But discernment is the first signaling point that something is there and something needs attention. Discernment is not everything. After you discern, then you got to ask the Lord what you want me to do. How you want me to handle it. What is my job in this thing? It's not for me to go ahead and talk about their diagnosis all day. We know he's struggling. We know she's in a ditch. And if we're not careful, all we major in is diagnosis. And we miss care. But these men represent intercession. The only way he's going to get there is if somebody pick him up. I must say it. When you get free, oh Lord, I don't mean no harm here today. But this will call your freedom into question. Because one thing I know about free people, tell your neighbor this secret, say free people, free people. people. You ain't heard it, tell them again, say free people, free people. What I'm saying is, sooner or later, if you're only diagnosing and never giving care, it may even show where you are. Because free people... No, no, don't back away from it now. Free people, free people. If you know what it is to be bound, if you know what it is to be tormented all night, if you know what it is to not know where you're supposed to be, to lose your job because you can't keep a right throat, and God give you your right mind back, why would you not go rescue somebody else? Why would you not go care for somebody else? No, 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 no. 
These men shows us intercession. Verse 4, when they could not come nigh unto the press. Look at this. Couldn't get to Jesus. Too many people. The room crowded. They uncovered the roof. Climbed up on the stairwell on the side of the house. Went up the side stairwell and broke open the roof. And when they had broken up the roof, they let down the bed where the sick of palsy was laying. In other words, they had a determination. I got to get this man to Jesus. I, I, I just teach very simply. I'm, I'm, tell your neighbor, I'm not Jesus. But I know him. <laughs> oh, don't make it. Don't, I'm not Jesus. I don't, I don't need you to walk around thinking. I don't have a complex. I'm not Jesus. But, but I am a witness. <laughs> I, I am a witness. He did touch me. Uh, he was merciful to, to me. Uh, I, I, why are you saying oh, I can't come to Jesus? I've been in this situation. Oh, no, no, no. I can tell you can come to Jesus. Because uh, I was so messed up. I was in habitual sin. I was messing up time and time again. I know you can come. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I can tell you you can come to Jesus. They have that type of faith and determination that they refuse to quit because the house is packed. They break up the roof. They let him down where the sick of palsy lay. And it says when Jesus saw their faith, all of their faith, a collective win. Tell somebody we're getting ready for some collective wins. <laughs> a collective victory. Come on. A, a team victory we're getting ready for. And he says when I saw all five of you, your faith, the, the, the four that were carrying you, and even the sick of palsy had to exercise faith. Because I believe if he really didn't want to go to Jesus, he would have probably wiggled his way off that mat. Come somebody, you know how it is. You think people ain't got no strength, but when they don't want to do something, you be like, oh, my grandma, she don't, she don't bother a fly. But let her find that grandma don't want to do. Grandma have strength from somewhere when she don't want to do something. You be like, grandma, feeble. Grandma, man, you go in there with grandma, she don't want to do something. Grandma be like, get out of here, you so-and-so. And, -so and oh, goodness. Because if you don't want to do something, if somebody don't want to do something, they don't want to do something. I'm trying to submit to you that all those, this man, I appreciate you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Even helping me out. Glory to God. And although, uh, and although they, 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 he ain't saying nothing, I believe he's in agreement with the fact that he wants to get to Jesus. He does his part by laying on the mat. Look here, it says, he's, when he said unto Jesus, saw their faith, he said, listen to this, to the sick of palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Hmm. It makes us understand, not all conditions, but some conditions are due to sin. Jesus says to the sick of palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. It makes us understand that some conditions are due to sin. He's not paralyzed because of poor eating habits. He's not paralyzed because of genetics or hereditary issues. He's not paralyzed for the lack of exercise. 
No. He's not in this because some parent failed him or he was dropped or had an accident. Jesus, in this case, gets to tell us something about conditions that we try to ignore. That there are certain conditions that can come on your life because of sin and our participation and our practice with sin. We don't understand that when we sin, we actually open up, I got to tell you, a demonic door. Oh, I don't want you to keep sinning and think you ain't got no great consequences. I don't want you to keep sinning and think the devil don't enjoy when we sin. No, because when we sin, we open up demonic doors and ain't no telling what's walking in those demonic doors when you sin. I need to let you know that there are certain conditions which is the byproduct and being played because of sin. That sin can cause sickness and disease. Mm -hmm. Sin can. Sin can. Go to James 3, 13. I'm going to show you something. I'm reading from the New Living Translations. New Living Translations, James 3, 13 to 18. I know we just think everybody's condition, everybody's nervous breakdown. But we don't understand when we participate in sin, the devil tries to bring all kind of stuff our way. I'll give you a biblical example to help you. When Saul was disobedient to God over and over again, the next thing you find is Saul being tormented. He opened the door for torment. With his constant disobedience, now Saul, who was once the king, the anointing is coming off of him, and he can't even keep his right mind. He's paranoid. All of this is due to disobedience and rebellion. Y'all think rebellion is cute? Y'all think stubbornness is cute? And you keep talking about, I'm stubborn just like my daddy. I'm stubborn. There are just certain things you ought to not claim and keep telling everybody about the Bible says that stubbornness and rebellion is as witchcraft I said it's like witchcraft you can't keep being stubborn and rebellion and think it's cute God wants you to know being disobedient being stubborn and being rebellion is a form of witchcraft see we think witchcraft is somewhere over some big pot stirring some students like the Smurfs, the old commercial, the old cartoon with the Smurfs, like we stir in a pot. No, when you're wicked in behavior, when you got the wrong attitude concerning people, when you lie and sabotage people, and you lie behind people back, and you slander, and you've been disobedient, it's a form of witchcraft. Verse 13, James 3. Listen to this. New Living Translation. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous... And there is selfish ambition in your heart. Don't you dare cover up the truth with boasting and lying. 
you boasting and you're lying all the time only because you bitter and jealous you talk about yourself we can't even celebrate Mary Ann's birthday without you telling everybody about you this ain't about you today we're here to celebrate Mary Ann's birthday how did we shift from happy birthday Mary Ann to hey Jennifer how you doing it ain't about you right now but the reason you can't celebrate Mary Ann because underneath you jealous every time we start a conversation two minutes later the focus is on you how do we get here selfish ambition I mean all I want to do is talk about the the ocean and the waves and how beautiful they are brother Bobby how we end up talking about you being an astronaut I just don't understand how you bridge from the water to the sky 15 says for jealousy watch the word and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom such things are earthly unspiritual and demonic jealousy is demonic constant selfishness no 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 is demonic oh no something is behind that attitude that you cannot care for others and you are not concerned about others forget them I don't care nothing about them and start talking crazy words they can just go somewhere and die I don't care if they live oh I hear it in the spirit I don't care if they live another day something's wrong with you when your words are cold as the grave something has birthed in you unforgiveness and bitterness and there is something happening in you that is the look at verse 16 I'm telling the word watch it for wherever there is jealousy and self ambition there you will find disorder and every evil kind confusion and chaos and bickering and never getting along I'm going to tell you if you are always known I'm going to tell you and make you mad hopefully you get delivered if you always can't keep a conversation with somebody you always fussing with somebody and not just one person it's one thing if I have to work out something between me and John something happened between me and John I got to work through forgiveness I got to settle that situation that happened all right that's I Isolated. But when it's John, Susie, Harriet, uh, Tom, Philip, and everybody else, it ain't about everybody else. It's about you. You're the least, you're the common denominator in every relationship. It ain't that everybody else is bad. It's not everybody else don't like you. No, no, no. Come on up in here. There is something in you that got to be driven out. Uh-huh. See, that self ambition, you'll be blaming everybody. Your life's still stuck. And it's everybody else's fault why you're still stuck. It's everybody else's fault why you're still where you are. When you see these selfish ambition, you will find disorder. Verse 17. But wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. Wisdom is pure. The way you talk to people is pure. 
even if you confront certain things, it's still coming out of a pure heart. It is also, listen, peace. Peace loving. They put peace and loving together. Peace loving. Gentle at all times. Tell somebody, watch how you handle them. Watch how you handle them. Watch how you handle them. And willing to yield to others. Meaning you're characterized by getting along with others. Okay, I see what you're saying. We can do that. It don't always have to be your way all the time. I got to deal with this. It can't always be your way all the time. You can't dominate every decision. I mean, you can't. And if you don't get it all your way, as grown as you are, you're just too old to be having a temper tantrums. I can respect it for a two or three year old and our parent get tired. A parent will get tired that when they can't give little Susie a cookie, she kicks and rolls on the floor and have a parent. Get, parent, parent will get tired. It's, girl, girl, what's wrong with you? You cannot keep acting up, manipulating my emotions to make me give in. I told you no, and I told you no because I'm the parent, and I can tell you no for the right reasons, and I'll give you a cookie later, but not now. Go sit down and play with your toy, and you can't keep not having a temper tantrum at me every time I give you direction, or we're going a direction you don't want to go. Come on, somebody. I don't know what I'm talking about. I grew up with parents. If you did all that back talking, you did all that kind of stuff after you was given direction my daddy will call you into a private meeting my daddy will call you into a time of discussion he'll do a little talking and a little and then when he finished he'll help your spirit get under control that you learn how to obey with joy and you learn how to follow instruction and you ain't gonna be getting your way all the time it's understood when a child is going through that but adults much gray under our chin to be having some adult temper tantrums it ain't gonna always go your way come on you can't keep leaving the house every time you get mad Come on, somebody. You got to get that under control. I'm going to stay on it to the Holy Ghost. Say, you can't keep getting so upset that we don't know where you are for two days and three days. And you don't want to call nobody. And it's regular routine. We're not worried about them. Give them three more days. No, the devil is a lie. We've been doing that for a long time. We're trying to tell you now you got to grow up. You got to get delivered. You got to get rid of that self-ambition. You got to get out of how your way is affecting everybody else. Everybody else at home waiting on you to be your best. Waiting on you to turn into what you should be. And everybody else on being the needles. Why are you having a temper tantrum? Mm-hmm. It is full of mercy, verse 17, and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, always sincere. And who, who those who are the peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. You got it. I want you to understand that there are certain things as a result of sin nature and sin habits. First Samuel 30, our final scriptures here. We need intercession for intervention. 1 Samuel 30. I'm going to start at verse 6. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And it says, David was greatly distressed. He had just got robbed from his enemy. And the people were very upset with him. David was greatly distressed. He was stressed. 
For the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I want you to first understand that David is in a situation where he is stressed. People are upset with him. They're thinking about stoning him. Everybody's grieved because they lost their children and their wives, their sons and their daughters. At this point, David encouraged himself. Let me give you some points here to help you personally. When God is trying to get you together so you can get yourself together. When God is trying to get you together so you can be the best that you can be. Let me give you some things to help you get out of a rut. When the devil is trying to wear you out. Let me tell you something. If you stay at this first part of these verses, stress and in an environment where everything is seemed like it's overwhelming you, you're not going to be able to overcome. You're not going to be able to be an intercessor for intervention. So the first thing you got to do is you got to learn to encourage yourself. One of the very strong points of self-responsibility for your own destiny. I'm not saying you shouldn't have no friends. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a good wife. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a good husband. But you cannot expect people to always encourage you at the moment you need encouragement. I'm going to say it again. I'm not saying don't have a good pastor. Hallelujah. But pastor may be going to Jamaica and is and may be unreachable and will be. Part of my responsibility out of love is to help you get the right tools for yourself. You can give a man a fish and give him a fish to eat. He'll eat for a day. But if you teach him how to fish, he can eat and fish for a lifetime. I got to tell you, you're going to be with yourself every day of the week, every second of the day, every minute of the day. You must learn to encourage yourself. Oh yeah, you got to learn that. I'm not saying you ain't gonna have no friends and you cannot be putting all this responsibility on your friends. I know I'm talking about intercession and intervention, but I got to balance this thing out because sometimes people put all that responsibility on your friends and every time I talk to you, all you talk about is I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting. Well, how you cutting? I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting. God, cleaning up my life. You can't. I never seen many people go through much cutting and cleaning that I ever seen in my life. They be cutting off everybody. No, you need to learn problem resolution. God ain't about to be cutting off everything. You have to learn to work through some things. You gonna have to learn how to have some patience and forgiveness. You have to learn to have some. I'm cutting. I'm cutting. Encourage yourself. Say, encourage yourself. Mm-hmm. Verse 7, and David said to Abba, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me the hither, hither the ephod. And Abba, and Abba brought thither the ephod to David. Point number two for this one is you got to talk to someone. If you're going to encourage yourself, help yourself through a rut, to a place where you're low, you got to learn how to encourage yourself and you got to learn to talk to someone. You got to trust somebody sometime. Go learn to David. David went to Abathar and said, Abathar, I'm dealing with a situation. I'm under pressure. The place got burned at Ziglad. They took my wife and children. Some of us hadn't learned just how to talk. 
Now, I made some people upset one time I was preaching, and I made them upset because they asked me for prayer. And as they asked me for prayer, I said, what's going on? They said, ask the Lord to reveal it to you. And my response was, no. I'm not leaving this conversation with you to go ask the Lord what's going on in your life. You sitting here talking to me and you ask me for prayer and I ask you what's going on. Come and talk to me and tell me what's going on. You already trust me to pray, my brother. Go ahead and just share the rest of it so I can pray with some wisdom and some intellect. Come on, somebody. Sometimes people get so deep for the wrong reasons. I mean, just deep. Deep in the ocean ain't going nowhere. Just deep. I'm like, what are you telling me to do? And if some of y'all get caught up in that stuff. They say, just the Lord reveal it to you. And for three days, you was asking the Lord for something they could have told you in 10 minutes. For three days, you in the spirit realm saying, and then when you come back to them, you say, the Lord is dealing with it. They're like, no, that ain't it. Go back. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> Save time and talk to someone. Talk to someone. David inquired. Communication. David inquired through Abathar. I'm moving. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I go after them? Shall I overtake them? God answered, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Here's my third thing, simple. You have to pray. No, you have to pray. No, you have to pray. And not just pray, but pray through. Tell so your neighbor, say pray through. Some of y'all never heard this Christian colloquialism, pray through. Pray through means don't just pray about it. Pray about it is just surface. When I say pray through, I mean pray through the pain. Pray through the accusations. Pray through the disagreement. Pray through it. Pray through till your emotions are on the other side. Pray through until you feel the peace and feel the joy. Don't let go of prayer until you get through it. Y'all got to learn this art of learning how to pray through. I know how to pray, but some of us don't know how to pray through. Pray through means I'm going to stay in this thing until this thing let me go unforgiveness has me right now but I'm gonna keep on praying till love come back anger got me right now but I'm gonna pre keep on praying till joy comes back pray through it you gotta pray and you gotta pray through it David began to pray he began to pray get himself together and God told him as a result of prayer he said pursue here it is. David went, verse 9, he and 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook of Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued. He had some men who were too tired, but he pursued. He and 400 men, everybody say 400 strong. And 200 abode behind, which were so faint, they could not go over the brook of Besor. See, prayer gave David and his men power and authority to pursue. Prayer and praying through gave David and his men power and authority to pursue. 
See, it wasn't just about just going without the authority to pursue. The inward being being filled up. What I'm trying to say is you can only be what you are. You can't restore if you are not restored. You cannot pursue if you are still lost. So this ain't just about hearing the word of God. It's more than just he heard the word of God. He received the word of God and he now had authority to go get what was stolen from him. He now had authority, wisdom. I've been teaching about wisdom. He had might. He had self-control. He now had himself under control. He wasn't still mad about yesterday. You know what happened yesterday? We read the text. They tried to stone him. You read the text. They tried to stone him. If he was still stuck in yesterday, I ain't going nowhere with these people. Me? Me, God? With these people? And yesterday tried to stone me? See, if you're not careful, you'll still be stuck in yesterday. You'll still be stuck in what happened. David got over what happened. And the same people who did not like him yesterday. Y'all ain't gonna, y'all ain't gonna, y'all don't want to deal with the text. Y'all wanted the same people that was in disagreement. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, the same people who was what y'all, y'all, y'all taking it like these people talking about stoning him, and he got over it. I'm wondering when you're gonna give it over, get over it, so you can fulfill your assignment. When you gonna get over it so you can be a mother to those children? When you gonna get over it so you can be a father to those kids? When are you gonna get over it so you can go and function in your God-ordained capacity? When are you gonna get over? David got over it. He said, I got a job to do. I ain't got time to be crying about everything that happened yesterday. It happened. We gonna deal with it. And if you keep living, life would happen to you. If you keep living, come on somebody. I'm not up here today. Let me just make it simple. It ain't bad, but let me make it simple. I'm not up here today and happy and joyous because Pastor Robin and I ain't never had a little disagreement while she was upset with me and I was upset with her. Hallelujah. But the truth of the matter, we done got over it. Hallelujah. We long from it. Come on somebody. I can't even holler remember what it was that we were probably upset about we done moved on done bought things together done laughed together went places together we done got it. what i'm trying to say is not i'm not here because things didn't happen in the past i'm here because we got over the past i'm not here because doing happy in marriage because everything was beautiful but i'm trying to tell you we made it through the hard times oh i feel the holy ghost we pressed through the difficult times we got testimonies we got stories but I dare you to tell somebody but I refuse to be stuck in yesterday I refuse to be stuck in y'all ain't saying nothing come on I'm almost done come on stay with me I'm almost done give me a second I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good uh, watch me. I'm almost done. I'm gonna finish this. It's important to get out of yesterday, so you can handle what God has for you to do. Here it is. Here's the intervention for intercession. I'm still on the same lesson. Here it is, verse 11. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread. He did eat, and they made him drink water. 
And they gave him a piece of cake of figs, two closest of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had he, no bread, no drunk, drunk any water, three days and three nights. Listen, if he didn't receive the authority to pursue, if David was still stuck on yesterday, this Egyptian, he in trouble. Oh, he in trouble. Oh, this Egyptian in trouble. Oh, you want to you you deal with, when you need something, and you want to deal with somebody who ain't got over their own stuff? Ooh, this Egyptian, he's already about to die. He's on his last leg. And imagine if he meets a David who's not reconciled. A David who's not delivered. A David who's not out of yesterday. Imagine what would happen in this moment. But because David has let go the past, David has the wisdom to discern this situation. I've taught this thing before, and I taught it from a historic perspective that the Egyptians also represent uh, the people who once had your people enslaved. I don't want to mess with today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got to understand facts. You can't never forget history, but you can't still be stuck in what happened. You, now you can't emotionally I know y'all want to because that's what they tell you you have to be but you can't operate in kingdom purpose being I go there you ain't ready for me I understand kingdom I still got memory I understand injustices I understand racism I understand discrimination come on now I've been there it didn't happen to me but I'm not stuck in it if David was still stuck in it he would have saw that Egyptian and he would have said I'm going to whip you give me a chair no he would have said I'm going to whip you he would say, I'm gonna y'all don't wanna he gonna say I'm gonna whip you. Y'all don't wanna preach. He gonna say, I'm gonna whip you for how you had my people in bondage in Egypt. When Joseph died, you had my people in bondage. Uh-huh. 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 I know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Verse 11, he found an Egyptian in the field. And brought to him David. They brought him to David. What did the people do? Listen, intercession for intervention. He about to die. They gave him bread. And he did eat. And watch this next verse, next, next phrase. And they made him drink water. Sometimes when you're helping people through intervention, they be rebelling against the remedy. No, you're going to drink this water. No, I don't want any. No, you need this. You're dehydrated. You need this. You're going to pass out and faint. No, you're going to get this one. Sometimes you got to be a little more assertive and a little more firm with people who need to come out of something. No, you're going to drink this water. No, you're going to drink. Drink it all. Mm -hmm. All of it. Let me see the glass. They made him drink water. Stay with me. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs. Two clusters of raisins. I want you to understand that they gave him bread and then they gave him water. But the next things, two things they gave him was important to his comeback. This is not just nutrition and calories. This is food that heals. This is food that got antioxidants. This is food that carries oxygen and gets stuff out of your system. 
because the only way you're going to come back is there's some things got to come out of your system. The only way you're going to get out of this thing that there are certain things that have to come out of your system. So they gave him figs and they gave him raisins. And part of what figs and raisins do, I did my research. Uh, they, they kept cure acne. Figs help control heart rate and blood pressure. Figs help kill cancer cells. Figs help manage blood fat and blood sugar. Figs help manage decrease decreasing um, constipation. Come on, somebody. They gave him figs. We don't understand. Sometime uh, to come out of something, something got to come out of us. I'm going to keep preaching. In order to go where God wants us to go, uh, there are things that we got to take so God can flush out our system. They gave him figs, they gave him raisins. Raisins help improve skin health. I'm preaching so some of y'all can get some of this nutrients here. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I'm about done. I started learning to eat what my natural palate don't normally like. Because I had to train my tongue to start taking certain things that's good for me, even though I just don't really care for it. Don't even really care for it. But I gotta get this thing in my system because my system needs it. Come on, somebody. I didn't, I didn't start eating salads and greens, mostly green stuff, until I met my wife. She looked at my plate, and all I got is a bunch of starches and meat. I mean, got potatoes and macaroni and mashed potatoes. And she said, that's enough starches. I'm like, who counts starches? I like it all. Why are we counting stuff here? Why are we counting my starches? Get off my plate, sus. She said, where your broccoli? Where your green beans? They're not on this plate today. I don't got no taste for no green beans. I ain't got no taste. Come on. But when you learn that your body needs this stuff, you got to learn to feed. I'm talking to somebody, not just spiritually, but physically. You're going to physically feel better when you eat better. Oh, yeah, might as well give God praise right there. Come on. I'm done. You can stand. This Egyptian was on the verge of dying. But David made intercession. He was going to die alone in the woods. But here comes intervention. What I'm saying to you is we need people who are ready to make intercession because people need an intervention. I want to preach on both sides to help some of you who are stuck today. Some of you are battling some challenges and need to overcome. But I also want to preach to those who are actually the people who actually need to be administering support to other people. I needed to show you that David cared for people and his life and his assignment was not just about himself. Somewhere as Christian believers, we gotta got storage people that God has really delivered me and helped me. I'm just serious about this. I mean, how can you be free and not free other people? How could you have not joy? How could you have joy and not spread joy to everybody else? How? How could you do that? How could you have hope and not give other people hope? How? Because if you have it, you will give it. What David had, he gave. 
what the four men that carry the man who were paralyzed what they had they gave because of that intercession there was an intervention and this man's life was changed because they picked him up and carried him there was no sense of David sitting there and his men talking to the Egyptian sitting there saying you know what you about dead and you look bad bro you tore up from the floor <laughs> and what happened to you no good just to be talking about diagnosis all day but through the help of Christ God want us to help people what good are we as redeemed people if we're not compassionate about other people what good are we the Bible says we're good for nothing the salt has lost its saltiness it's it is good for nothing but then to be trodden under the foot of man what good are we if this joy that we have that the world didn't give to us don't spread and hit somebody else's life will you lift your hands i want to pray i want to pray hallelujah good I'm gonna pray I want to pray that we will be vessels of intercession that's my first prayer and then I want to pray for some people who feel stuck but I want to pray for that we'll be vessels of intercession that we'll be vessels of compassion we'll be vessels of wisdom the Bible teaches us in James how wisdom responds not in self-ambition while our hands are raised God use us to help somebody else some of us has been through abuse and pain and turmoil. Use us, God. Use me, God. Use me. Use me for that boy, that man on the job. Use me for that sister on the job. Use me for my brother. In the, use me. Come on, I've been through some things. I've been in pain. I've been hurt, but I've overcome some things. Come on, I've been down, but you picked me up. Use me, God. My mouth only be used to talk about people's business and talk about people's down downward spiral and gossip about people's situation don't just use my mouth to talk negative about people's life and where they've been and what happened don't let my mouth just be a mouth but give me good news to share let me be an angry person don't let me be caught up in bitterness and God please don't let me be stuck come on raise your hands as high I pray God don't let me be stuck with anything I've been through any misfortune I don't want to be stuck in that thing I know it hurt but I don't want to be stuck there I know that thing hurt me but I don't want to be stuck in unforgiveness and bitterness God don't let me be stuck on what they did I'm grown now See, that's how I start changing, y'all. That's I'm telling y'all. That's how I start changing. Real stuff happened to me, but I start praying to the Lord and I say, I'm grown now. I'm grown. I got to live. I got to function. I got to go to work. I'm a daddy now. I got to pay bills. I got to raise my children. I got to counsel. I'm grown now. I can't be hurt no more. I can't afford to be hurt about what didn't happen. I can't afford it no more much is at stake too much is at stake I can't be hurt no more so heal me lift your hands I feel healing coming down the road so heal me I feel healing coming
coming to people who've been hurt in family situations hurt in circumstances hurt in marriages come on I want you to say I can't be hurt no more come on don't give yourself no excuse to be hurt they were wrong we'll settle that today they were wrong but to decide I don't want to be hurt by it no more I don't want to be hurt no more I got things to do I got people to benefit I got money to make <laughs> I got like a rent to have I got things to do I don't want to be hurt no more I don't want to be 60 and hurt I don't want to be bald headed and hurt I don't want to be grown and hurt I don't want to be a grandma and hurt I don't want to be a granddaddy and bruised I don't want to be hurt I want to be whole so I can make intercession God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.